Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's uh, show, we have America's international travel expert himself, Stuart, on the show. Uh, Stuart's going to be sharing about uh, his travels, his uh, career as a travel writer. He's actually written over, uh, he's written 14 books currently, and he's also uh, spoken at cruise ships around the world. Uh, so we're going to be, um, he's his career as a travel writer, travel speaker, and more. Uh, so, Stuart, uh, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm married. I've been married about 43 years, um, and uh, we currently live in Boise, Idaho. We moved up to Boise uh, from San Diego about 23 years ago. Everybody always says, why did you leave San Diego? Uh, but job opportunities. So moved up here in high technology, then uh, took early retirement 13 years later, and I've just been enjoying traveling and writing and just enjoying enjoying life, what there is to it right now. So um, background is mathematics and an MBA, worked primarily high technology. Um, and so it's, it's frustrating to me when I'm trying to do technology and it doesn't work, <laughs> or it doesn't work the way I want it to. But uh, overall, technology has been good in our lives, and uh, so has travel. Sounds amazing. And you're definitely an avid traveler. Uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned, you have that trademark, uh, America's International Travel Expert. Been to uh, 55 countries and, you know, over 120 uh, seaports and cruise ship ports. So uh, I want to know a little bit about the origin story. Uh, tell us a little bit about your first ever travel experiences. What got you so passionate about travel? Um, my father was in the U.S. Navy, and so we traveled some, not, not a lot, but uh, lived on Guam for a couple of years. That island is pretty much in the news uh, these days. Uh, it was pretty calm when we lived there 50 years ago, 50, 60 years ago. And uh, so just moving around and meeting new people really triggered it for me. Um, and then in working, I did a lot of travel initially. Uh, U.S. travel, but then um, as the career expanded, I got into a lot of uh, international travel with marketing. And so, you know, you fly off to Australia and you have have a good time. You go to, you know, all over Europe and you're seeing all these magnificent places. Uh, so the travel just really got me. And when I when I did retire ten years ago, I I said we're going to continue to travel. So let's find a way to I incorporate the fun of travel and maybe a little bit of the business of travel. So speaking about the business of travel, you do several different things, everything from speaking to writing. So tell us a little bit about how you went from just being a regular traveler to monetizing it and making income as a travel writer, travel speaker. Well, when, when I started doing a, a little bit more travel, um, I said, well, what can we do with this? And so that was kind of the impetus behind getting the trademark, America's International Travel Expert. Um, you know, there, there are people who definitely have traveled a whole lot more than I have. Um, but I figured, well, I'll get the brand, and then that at least opens people's eyes. We've been going to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico for 11, 12 years now, and I said I want to, uh, I want to introduce people to it. And so a, w a way I thought about doing that was I wanted to write 
wanted to write novels. I didn't want to write just a, a travel book. Uh, nothing against them, but that just didn't hold the interest for me. And so I thought, well, let's write uh, a mystery novel set down in Cabo. Um, and so that was my first book. It was called Missing in Mexico. You know, kind of a catchy title. And so I incorporated that, and I, I knew the area pretty well, so I included a lot of that. Uh, continued that uh, with my Sydney novel set in Australia. So I spent a lot of time in Sydney. It's a shame when you have to go to these places to research, you know. Um, then, because of a lot of my cruising and speaking on cruise ships, I had a lot of time in the Mediterranean. So that's where the next book called Disappearances in the Mediterranean came up. And now I'm working on one in Paris called Art Thefts in Paris. So I like to take people to places I know, um, I've researched, I make them feel a little comfortable when they're, but make it a, a fun mystery read. It's amazing that you've actually already written 14 books. You're already on your 15th now. I actually have one book, and that was a lot of work, just getting one book published <laughs> from my brain uh, to the keyboard and then getting the, you know, into print form and in an Amazon Kindle. So it's remarkable that you're able to uh, do that much writing. Uh, tell us about all those books. Maybe you can actually quickly uh, summarize or quickly at least uh, give us the titles of all of your books so far. Yeah, I will. The, the easiest way, uh, one is look on Amazon for Stuart Gustafson or my website, stuartgustafson.com. But I have, I have three general categories. One, one are the mystery novels. Um, and so I've got those three done plus one more in, in the works. There's, there's a, a section uh, on family and uh, relationships, personal relationships. You, you know, you mentioned your one book and how hard it was. My very first book took me 20 years to write. So um, I, that, you've always got to get that first book out of the way. And then I said, if it's going to take me 20 years to write another book, it's, it's going to be a long, long time. Uh, but the next books came a whole lot faster. So family relationships. Uh, the first one's called Parables for Life in the 21st Century. That was my very first 20-year book. Uh, then I have some books for family. Uh, it's called Questions to Bring You Closer to Dad, Questions to Bring You Closer to Mom, and Questions to Bring You Closer to Grandma and Grandpa. And that series got underway because uh, my own dad and grandfather were both killed by a drunk driver when I was 16. And then about 40 years later, it hit me that there was a lot I was never able to ask him, of course. And so that started the, the process of, well, what questions would you ask uh, to get to know, really know, you know, really get to know your family? Um, I have other books that are just miscellaneous books. I helped co-write a book called uh, So You Want to Build a New House. Um, I've written some books for a, a training and, and teaching um, group down in Trinidad and Tobago. And it's called The Wiz Within Us. Uh, so there's a series of those books. So um, just, I don't know, just things hit me and I just want to have fun writing. Curious to know about your writing process. How do you actually discipline yourself? Do you actually have uh, a certain like place you go to write or certain times of the day? Tell us a little bit about how you get the content out there from your brain to the keyboard and then out into the world. Uh, not in an extremely organized manner. Um, when I when I'm ready to really write, and I've got I've taken as you say, you've taken that content from the brain, and you know to try to get it onto the computer. Um, I, actually, I'll first write things down in a notebook, and I'll sketch out an outline, um, and then write it out, and then 
uh, it's when I have the time. I mean, in a way, it's I do too much travel, and so I'm actually cutting back on it on some of it because I don't have the time to really discipline myself to sit and write. Um, when I do, I can I can sit for hours at the keyboard, and that's not a problem because I know what I'm going to do. So, for example, in writing a novel, I start with my outline, which is every chapter. I want to know what happens in each chapter, and that might only be one sentence, um, but that that's the main crux of that chapter. And I've written where I've invented, invented new characters as I go along, or new little plots, um, uh, and so that's my process. It's not I don't get up at eight o'clock in the morning and write until eleven thirty, have lunch, sit back. Yeah, I, that I just can't do. But for me, it's uh, more of a more of a fun thing to do than saying, okay, gee, I've got to get out three books this year or something like that. Some people, that's their discipline. That's not mine uh, because when I am traveling and when I'm speaking on cruise ships, there's it's not the easiest to sit and write, you know, when in your cabin on a cruise ship. But the benefit of, of going on the cruise ships is, um, you know, talking about speaking on, on cruise ships, I got started because we were on a cruise. We were talking with uh, some people, and they were the speakers. And it turns out they were from the same small hometown as my wife, but went to different schools, didn't know each other. And so he says, oh, here's how you do it. And so I started by going through an agency to get me on the cruise ships, and I still use the same agent. Um, I also go directly to, to some cruise lines. So it's just been fun going all over the world, speaking and meeting lots of great people. Sounds amazing. I mean, uh, obviously, that's a great way to see the world by going on different cruise lines and stopping at different ports and doing all the activities. Uh, we will, uh, you know, speaking of ones, uh, I only did one book and I've only done one cruise. I did a cruise <laughs> with my. Uh, I did my cruise with my wife to Alaska, and I absolutely loved it. So I definitely want to do more cruises, definitely the Bahamas, Caribbean, Mediterranean. Uh, I'd love to do around-the-world cruise, visiting uh, as many continents as possible. Uh, so I'm curious to know, um, how do you get into uh, the cruise uh, ship industry? You mentioned agencies. Uh, walk us through a little bit more of the logistical details in terms of becoming a cruise ship speaker. What are the requirements, um, and how do you get in? How do you, how do you get your foot in the door? Yeah, well, so I got my foot in the door with my trademark, America's International Travel Expert. Um, but also going through an agency, you usually have to submit a, a video uh, of, of your speaking. They want to see that, okay, you can project, that you can talk um, you know, with the audience, to the audience. It's, you're not up there just to, to lecture. Uh, you know, we all had those lectures when we were in school or high school and college and, you know, I remember one particular professor reading from his same note cards that he'd used for 20 years. I mean, they do not want those people. Um, they call it entertainment or edutainment. So you entertain, you educate, and you inform. But And you have to be able to connect with the people. Uh, so you have to have a personality. My personality is that I infuse a little bit of humor, not to be the stand-up comedian, but I find out are people engaged. Um, and it works out really well to do it that way. But most um, most cruise lines won't take you directly uh, unless you are a pretty, you know, well-established speaker. Um, but you, there are agencies. There are 
companies that offer out um, programs to help train you and teach you and how to do it. But I think most people, if they're good speakers, could could do without that. I, I really would recommend if someone wants to do it to uh, contact an agency um, and and just have them walk walk you through. When you do go on board, uh, you're considered a, a member. You might not be on the crew list, but you're considered a part of the crew. You know, so they want you to be uh, sociable and meet with people. Uh, so when we go, we try to dine with different people, sit at different tables, make myself available to, to talk with, with the guests. Because you're there to enhance their experience. That's what it's for. It's for them. It's not for me. Yeah, definitely a good way of looking at it. So if uh, people who are listening or watching today wanted to get into uh, with an agency, um, are there a few different agencies that uh, you work with or that you'd recommend? And also, uh, what does the agency get? Do they get a upfront fee or is there a commission off um, if you potentially get any speaker fees? I know a lot of it is just in their trade. You speak for free in return, obviously, for the fees. So if you can walk us through a little bit more details about how the agencies work. Sure. Yeah. And they're all different. There's no question about it. But yes, the agency is going to collect a fee. I mean, that's, that's their business. Um, I've used two agencies. Um, one of them is called Sixth Star, S-I-X-T-H, Sixth Star Entertainment out of Miami. Um, I also am using, uh, currently using uh, a lady named Miranda Cook, who I've known for a long time. Uh, she has her own. It's called Starboard Speakers, just like the uh, nautical phrase starboard, starboardspeakers.com. She's on Facebook. Um, and uh, the fees vary by... Uh, cruise lines um, on what a cruise line will will uh, charge. Sometimes you'll be able to go on a ship, depending on your experience, for for no charge uh, because the maybe the cruise line will pay the agency fee. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll throw in air. Um, it's 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 all a negotiating game. But uh, there is a fee being paid to the agency, and I fully support that. I mean, they're providing a they're providing a service, you know. Um, do the speakers get paid? Typically not, but you get the but the cruise is typically complimentary for you and a and a traveling guest, um, and so you know it works out works out really well. Yeah, who who doesn't love free vacations? Then you know it's uh, obviously not a lot of work there. I mean, uh, if you do the speaking, you you got accustomed to it, then pretty much you can do similar speeches, and you don't have to do much prep work, right? Uh, uh, do you find there's a lot of work involved with the preparation side of things or with the work work side of things when you're actually on the cruise? Uh, not so much the work side. The prep side is is a lot of work because a lot of times they'll want talks based on the areas where they're going. And so if you're going to someplace new, if you've never been to the Baltic Sea and you're going to go there and you have to give talks on those destinations, you have a lot of work to do to prepare really nice 45-minute PowerPoint presentations, and they don't want just—they don't want you to read a slide. You know, I know. I—I I see you shaking your head, and I agree. I mean, I figured most people know how to read, so I don't want to read that slide. You—you you make it entertaining. Um, I, I show pictures. I use some audio. I use some video. Um, I also do a series of talks on classical music. Now, the benefit that is. Uh, where someone will want that, I don't have to create new talks. <laughs> so I kind of did that out of, you know, kind of out of necessity of, well, I want to go new places, but I don't want to always create brand new talks. So 
there's there is an area called special interests, and that's where a lot of times in the down in the Caribbean they'll want people who can talk about pirates and you know the things you know the island type stuff. So they'll want those. Um, in in Asia, they might want uh, something about maybe the dynasties of China or, or some some things like that. Uh, but so it's usually destination related or special interest that really focuses on that area. Sounds amazing. I, I would love to hear more about your experiences um, in terms of any favorite uh, uh, ports, any favorite countries, continents, uh, experiences, memories, anything that really has left a lasting plate, uh, place in, inside your heart and you want to share with our uh, listeners and viewers today? Sure. Um, my, uh, probably my favorite port um, and, I've, and, and now I, I haven't updated everything on my website. I'm now up to about 145 different cruise ports, uh, some of them multiple times, of course. But I think my favorite cruise port is Nagasaki, Japan. Um, you, you, walk, you step off. They, have a, they greet you so warmly when you're there. Um, and I like going up to the Peace Park. And it's a, I tell people how it's a simple tram ride to get up to the Peace Park. You walk around. You see the statues. You see the fountains. Um, you can go through the museums, which has some pretty gruesome photos, of course, because it's uh, talking about uh, the bomb that went off that, that stopped World War II. But the city cares about peace. And so to me, that's just a, that is an amazing place. And people are so friendly. And usually when the ship pulls out, there's a band there playing, you know, playing music. And so that, um, I just, uh, we were there three times this year already and just found it to be an amazing place to go. Um, certainly the, the ports in, in Europe, you can't, it's hard to beat, especially in Italy, uh, the food and everything like that. So, yeah, 145 cruise ports, um, probably 120 favorite ones, just really fantastic places. Uh, amazing, amazing. Uh, I actually had a chance to go to Nagasaki and Hiroshima when I uh, actually lived in Japan to English. And uh, yeah, definitely a very moving place. And it's amazing how Japan's rebuilt itself and, uh, you know, uh, become a technological giant after the process of uh, World War. So, yeah, I definitely agree there. If you're going to uh, Japan, make sure you go to both Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah, those, those, those are great places. If, if you really want just food, I mean, if, when you're in Asia, um, I find the food in Vietnam to be just absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, I know that, that some people, you know, have reservations about Vietnam because of, of, of the war there, um, and, and especially those who participated, and I understand that. Um, but, if, you know, if you're able to go there, the food in Vietnam is so great. Everybody's so friendly. Everybody's happy to see you. Um, and just they smile, and the food is inexpensive and delicious. Sounds good. Um, so I'm curious to know about your vision for it, Stuart. Uh, you know, you're obviously an avid traveler, uh, having uh, gone to uh, over 50 countries and all these different cruise ships, 145 different terminals, written 14 books. Uh, tell us about uh, where do you see yourself in the next uh, few months, years, and beyond in terms of your travels, your business, etc. Um, yeah, in terms of the travels, uh, we're, we're kind of taking it easy. We have a, some stuff to do around the house this year. Um, and so we're working on finishing that up this, this summer. Uh, but we will be doing some, some travels down to uh, Southern California. Um, we might be going to uh, down to Mexico once more this year. Definitely next year. We always go down in February. Um, 
uh, go down to Cabo San Lucas for a couple of weeks. And we're also looking at a, um, a nice trip to Australia in uh, probably in March or April. We have some friends there. Uh, we met some new friends on a, on a recent cruise in the Great Lakes um, that said, look, we have, uh, yeah, we're in an over 55 community. I said, uh, don't, we, we fit into that category of the over 55. Um, and said, we have a spare bedroom, come on by. Uh, so I, we're, we're talking about taking a really nice trip to, to Australia uh, in, in, in March or April of this next year. Awesome. I, uh, I spent some time in Australia. I was actually studying there and I did the whole perimeter of Australia. So definitely one of my favorite countries slash continents slash big islands. So yeah, <laughs> big advocate of uh, tourism to Australia. Uh, so, you know, you're uh, known as uh, uh, America's international travel expert. Uh, so do you want to leave our viewers and listeners with any travel tips, travel advice from the expert himself? I, yeah, I do. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I think when you when you travel, savor the experience. Um, understand that it's not like home, um, and not everybody is going to look like you, speak like you, uh, want to eat the same foods as you eat at home. But traveling is about the experience. I love to know a few words in the language, even if all I can say is, you know, hello, thank you, please, you know. Um, you say that and you, you get an immediate acceptance because you're showing that you care about their own culture. Um, I also like to travel light um, so I can just carry a small bag and a backpack so that um, I can be flexible to go places. But um, just saying those words, quick, quick story, in Paris in 2000, I'm on a business trip. Uh, we have visited our several customers during the day, it's dinner time and we go to a Japanese restaurant. So I'm with my French co co-worker, and we go to the Japanese restaurant. All the servers inside, of course, are Japanese, and of course they are all speaking French, because they're in Paris, France. My friend orders a beer uh, for each of us. He brings it, and puts it down, and says, merci, d'accord. He puts a beer in front of me, and I said, arigato kasaimas. And you should have seen the smile on that Japanese waiter's face you know, at that time, that was about all I knew in Japanese. Don't know a whole lot more now. But he smiled and just bowed that someone spoke his language and, and cared enough about him. We had the absolute best service all night long. If, if we just looked up, well, he was there. So, you know, I don't do it for that. But that's just one of the benefits. But letting people know you care about them and enjoy that experience when you go somewhere because it might be different the next time or you might not be able to go back there. Yeah, I definitely agree there, uh, especially about connecting with the locals, uh, learning the language, um, you know, integrating yourself into the country and the cities you visit. Uh, so Stuart, uh, you have a website um, uh, that you uh, outline a lot of your travels on, your speaking, um, your uh, books, etc. cetera. Uh, what is your website and how can people connect with you on your site and also on your social media? Thanks. Uh, it's StuartGustafson.com, S-T-U-A-R-T-G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N, StuartGustafson.com, or just type in Stuart Gustafson in your search engine and you'll get overwhelmed with, with things. Go there. I have links there for social media, um, for Facebook and, and Twitter and, and Pinterest and things like that. Um, but uh, you can also, there's a contact form. You can, you can people can send me notes. Uh, you can see my books. You can see where I've traveled, where I'm going, what I'm doing. 
Um, I try to write articles, but when I'm really traveling, sometimes I just don't get to it quite as, as much as I should. Yeah, you definitely relate on that front. You know, when you're traveling, you're busy in slicing mode, and you got to plan, you got to pack and pack, check in, check out. So it's definitely hard uh, to write. And you know, when you go back to uh, you know uh, your home, then you kind of get into the home zone. So it's a right. miss an actual <laughs> writing piece of uh, what you should be writing about, right? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you, you, you're able uh, to be hired for speaking and also your books. Uh, how can people purchase the books and also hire you for some speaking engagements? Um, so the books are, are on my website, um, and so they can be bought there. They're mostly on Amazon also, uh, so, and I, they're, uh, most of them are available in, in ebook format, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I know not everybody wants a, a you know, printed book, but, but mine are all softback copies, which, which makes it a little bit more convenient. Um, and then as far as speaking engagements on my website, um, there's a speaking page, and there's a, just a, a link there to, to contact me. Um, and um, I talk about how I, I do things a little bit differently. I don't just show up with a, a canned speech. It's, it's tailored to whatever would promote, let's say if it's a travel a business, how to promote selling their travel in a very subtle manner. Well, wonderful. It was definitely great to connect with you, uh, you know, to uh, share us travel stories, to find out more about your books and your speaking. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for your time today, Stuart. Thank you so much. Uh, Hope to run into you on some trip sometime. Absolutely. I love connecting with the uh, podcast guests, not just on the show, but in real life. They call it IRL, in real life. So In real life. That's great. I like that. Exactly. So I look forward to seeing you soon on the travel trails. Um, so once again, uh, make sure you connect with Stuart. I'll actually have the links below. If you're watching this on YouTube, they'll be right in the YouTube description. So you can click through and check out his site and check out his uh, books, his writing, and his speaking. Uh, and also, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, there will actually be the link right on the show notes. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And make sure you also connect with us. We're uh, digitalnomadmastery.com, Digital Nomad Mastery across the web. We also have an active and engaged Facebook group. Uh, it's uh, called Digital Nomad Mastery Community. You can actually connect with a lot of our previous guests on there and other world travelers, other digital nomads, other cruise ship speakers, other uh, travel writers, other travel authors, and much more. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Happy travels, and we'll catch up with you soon.